Welcome back into House of Wrestling, everybody. It is me, Nick Hausman. Please take your shoes off at the door. Hang your coat up on the coat rack. Help yourself to anything on the table here. We have a beautiful uh, turkey and salad today over on the table for you to help yourself with as we're joined in the living room by our very good friend from PW Torch. It is Wade Keller. Wade, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today. It It's my pleasure, Nick. Good to be on your show. Did you have some of the turkey in the salad? I, I haven't had uh, poultry or meat for like 18 years. Oh, wow. I feel I'm like vegan. a real I've, I've wild fish every now and then, but otherwise I've been vegan for like over for over 15 years. Well, that's fine. I'm going to throw all of this food out the But I'll have your salad window. as long as there's no dairy in it. The salad can stay. The turkey is now being dumped out the window. Uh, uh, well, don't throw it away. I mean. No, it's done. It's I'm done. Sure it's, it's out the I'm window. Sure it's, it's... I love turkey back in the, back in the mm, 90s. Squirrel food now. Squirrel food, my friend. <laughs> Not too late. All right. Wade, uh, it is a very busy time for professional wrestling. I thank you so much for taking the time uh, to chat yeah, with me here. Yeah. Now, I really wanted to follow up with you because uh, last week I was talking to Dave Meltzer uh, uh, for Never House of Wrestling. Him. Never what's, heard of him, right? Yeah. Who's that guy? <laughs> Dave Meltzer? So I'm talking to Dave, and I got pretty excited because I had heard from a source about the CM Punk and Chris Jericho meeting having happened and that it had gone well and was working to source it and had this idea. I'm like, I'm going to bring this up to Dave during the interview. Maybe he's heard something, but then I can take credit for breaking this story, right? Mm -hmm. Then as I'm going and I'm bringing this up to Dave, Dave goes, oh, well, that Wade just reported that over at the torch. And in real time, you can watch Dave Meltzer blow my spot because of you <laughs> and say that you are not saying anything that I did not read within the last 15 minutes, Nick, you beat me by about half an hour. So I just wanted to let you know that that happened. I don't know what you want to make of that, but I wanted to let you know that that was a thing that happened. I, I, I hope it happens again. <laughs> Thanks buddy. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shake my many, fist. many times. Not just one other time. So, so let's talk, let's start there then Wade, because I'm yeah. very interested by the Chris Jericho CM Punk dynamic. Now, historically, these are two guys that really have not seen eye to eye. They worked together in WWE, but it would seem that something happened uh, after their feud, their program. Uh, there's been talk of like something on a house show circuit where I know Jericho had talked about uh, leaving to go watch a hockey game. Then, and, and Punk had got upset about that. And there was some, some other, backstory to that but these are these are two guys from what you understand that historically have not enjoyed each other's company in the, in the past many years is that fair to say yeah yeah i think so i mean I, I don't think it's unique i mean you've got the jericho component which is you know this guy who's you know got in a fight with goldberg back in the day i think we just included a snippet of that as like a 20-year anniversary thing in our latest newsletter right. um you know jericho has is strong-willed and he's a locker room leader and and he is a student of the business and um, I think he considers himself in AEW a, a pioneer locker room leader. He's like, I was just talking to somebody the other day about Tony Khan's work day, uh, at tapings and there's now security outside Tony Khan's door. People used to wander in just to get a cup of coffee or just bug him in the middle of things. No knocking on the door or whatever. Now security has like, they stand outside his door and they say, the only people who can go in are the coaches or trying to think, I just reported this on. Away Keller Hotline. I had a list of people who are allowed to go in, but Chris okay. Jericho was like the only talent who's allowed to just walk past security and see Tony anytime. They're wow. tight, in other words. So I think Jericho, not only is he all the things that might lead to an issue with other people in the locker room, because 
he has a history of that. Not that he's like a huge problem. It's just he's willing to stand up for what he believes in and other people would handle things differently. He's just in your face in that way sometimes. But also there's multiple people who don't like CM Punk in the AW locker room. So it's not just Jericho. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, a pretty good handful of top guys who just CM Punk rubbed them the wrong way. And so, yeah, it's a combination of two things. That's volatile. You got Jericho and you have Punk and Jericho's not alone and not getting along with Punk. But Punk is the only one Jericho hasn't gotten along with, is my point. It takes two here and it amplifies the situation. So in that sense, it makes sense that they would be that they would be the two people that others in the locker room or management would say, hey, you two get together, see if you can kind of take the lead on trying to fix things. Yeah, and, that, and that's they are very polarizing characters, which is why I was so interested they were being put together for this meeting, especially for the first kind of meeting back for Punk, where you're really, if you are trying to bring it back into the fold, you know, you had said, I believe, reported that there were those that did not think that this could maybe end well going into it. I had yeah, also, yeah. I, had, I, had, I had heard that and I would gotten the vibe I was skeptical, right? But these guys went in there. It sounds like things went well. Nobody got a black eye or anything. Punk continues on his apology tour around the world. What What do you think was gonna? What do you think was being talked about in that room, Wade? Because I'm not fully convinced it was about these two working together. I will believe that when I see it. What do you think was being talked well, about in there? What is your alternate theory? Just so I know where you're coming from. So my that's a great good counter question. Uh, my theory of the case, and again, this is me just kind of basing off of what I've heard, but I would think it would be something closer to them maybe sharing space on Saturdays, right? And again, I'm just putting the pieces here together. You've got the Elite and um, the Blackpool Combat Club over on Wednesday nights. There's so many big names. There's so many different ways you can kind of move those pieces around. You can have supporting characters around that, but that's a really strong center focus for your Wednesdays. Punk is a big draw. He's a big elephant for the circus on Saturday nights, but mm -hmm. you need more than one, right? Yeah. Adding Jericho to that show, maybe they're not feuding with each other, but Punk feuding with somebody and Jericho feuding with somebody. Those are two big name stars on the show, uh, working with talent and sharing a locker room, maybe if they're not necessarily directly involved with the program. I don't know if that resonates at all with you when I say that. Yeah, I mean, it, and I don't even see that mutually exclusive from the other aspect of it, which is FTR. And again, well, let, let's just say one thing. When there's a big locker room meeting, lot, there's lots of word gets, word gets out because everybody thinks, well, no one can trace it to me, especially if it's like, you know, like wrestler court in, in the WWE for, you know, years you would like wrestler court would go on and you wouldn't hear about it. It would actually be kept quiet when one wrestler got in trouble in the locker room and then the others would kind of, you know, take, take, take him or her to trial and, and all that. And a lot of times word didn't get out, but when I did find out about it, it was like pulling teeth from a wrestler. Like, well, but we don't talk about this. And, but I'll give you, I'll give you a little detail on this. Like the, my point is the more people that are involved, the more likely word is to get out, no matter how much they want it to be secret. If this was just Jericho and punk and nobody else, or even if it was FTR or Dax was there or something like that. And I, I, I my details are very thin. I mean, I heard from multiple people. Yeah. They, the meeting took place and they heard it went reasonably well. I mean, it was like, that's where it stopped because it, the, nobody wants to be caught being the one to say the details and Jericho and, and, and uh, Punk certainly probably aren't going to share that. But I think what it was, the spirit of the idea was obviously Punk has heat in the locker room among the I don't know, six of the top seven paid people in that company or, you know, something like that. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. there's a, there's an issue there with punk. Um, I talked to a non-wrestler in the company who's, who's seen a lot. Um, and he just said, 
the mood changed in this locker room as soon as Punk showed up. Um, and it just there's always something different so why, about the locker. So that that's interesting to me. Now, was that something you think that was that Punk instigated, or do you think that there was people there that wanted to create a situation mm-hmm. by Punk yeah. being there? I think both. I mean, I think when somebody comes in and instantly becomes a top paid guy and you've he was gone for seven plus years, suddenly he shows up, he's a top paid guy. And the top guys know Tony Khan loves CM Punk. I mean, like you can't cover CM Punk in AEW without noting that Tony Khan, people think Tony Khan has almost a blind spot for Punk or that he'll take a lot more from Punk than he would from anyone else because he's just a huge fan of CM Punk. Look at so, the media scrum. He just sat there and let the guy say whatever he wanted. I, he never stopped him, you know? In, in uh, the Pro St. George Newsletter cover story a couple weeks ago on, on this situation, I went back and got a photo that I took at a media Q&A after Punk's first match. And it's the it was what's one of my favorite cover photos ever for PW Torch. Um, and it's Tony Khan and CM Punk hugging after the media QA. And it's that that Tony, I mean, Tony Khan is a hugger, he loves hugging, but it's like it's it's like a video that's uh, goes viral of like a dog that runs up to its owner after the owner's been overseas for three years. Like it was just like, yes, I love you. I'm so glad to have you here. Like, and again, Tony's a hugger, he probably does with other people, but it was to capture the moment of the the, the dynamic between those two and that Tony's willing to poke a lot. And I think, so going to your question, I think a lot of veteran wrestlers sense that. And there, I think there was some genuine jealousy. Hey, we built this place. This guy comes in, he's paid more than us. He's the darling. And so certainly that was there and Punk had to deal with that. But the, the analogy that I used, and I'm not saying it's perfect, but I was trying to figure out from gathering what people say about Punk, who have known him for a really long time. And I've been around him in this AEW run also, and in some cases, both. Um, the analogy I used in a, in a podcast I did is if you go into a bar and there's bar or counter seating or a restaurant, there's counter seating and the chairs don't have backs on them. You'd be like, ah, I wish there were backs on the chair. Everybody knows they're more comfortable. Why wouldn't you put backs on the chair? Most people go in and say, ah, I wish there were backs on the chair and they move on with their day. CM Punk would get so hung up on it. He'd ruin everyone's night. <laughs> like that's like, so if it's so the idea was punk came into aw and there's things that annoyed him about the structure compared to wwe roh whatever um there's things about the locker room dynamic the leadership how people were respecting him if they were giving him whatever and he read into things or or saw things for what they were however you want to look at it and it just i, I don't want to say he just wouldn't shut up about it but people sort of felt like let it go and just integrate let's be part of things and so that's it's not a perfect analogy i'm not saying but it, it is the one that came to mind that i think embodied how multiple people have described why punk is so disruptive to the harmony of a locker room is he might be right but by the end of him being right you hate him okay fair enough i mean (laughs) he's very very blunt about it right you know and i i just i you know we all watched this kind of bubble up you know i've got i went back with sean rassap we did this whole kind of deep dive kind of moment by moment but you can you can see almost you know from the get that there was that tension there and yeah the adam the Hangman Adam Page promo there is probably the thing where it starts to kind of tip over into reality. But there had already been, you know, bubbling rumors about the Cabana and Punk thing. And it almost seemed like, it, you're right, like from the moment that guy got there, you know, maybe he rubbed some people the wrong way with what he had to say about how things were run. Or it, it kind of feels to me it's a combo of that and just a group of people that wanted to just sour the punch, you know, as soon as this guy got there, I don't, I, I think it is probably a combination of both, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, there, there's a, you know, if, if 
the first person that you run into in the day is 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 a jerk, and the second person is a jerk. You ran into a couple jerks, but if the third, fourth, and fifth, and six people are all jerks, maybe you're the jerk. Um, and and I think with Punk, you look at his his reputation in WWE and how other wrestlers talk about him, um, even how people in WWE who I knew were big fans of his when he went during his early stint in WWE. And they soured on him in WWE too. I mean, this is not just an AW jealousy. Top guys don't like this guy thing. This has followed him around. Um, there is something about his social interaction with people that, you know, you said it's blunt, but it's also blunt without, it, it seems, um, a, a, in, he doesn't absorb, he doesn't seem to absorb the ramifications of how blunt he is. And it's, and people are surprised that he's surprised that people resent the way that he goes about expressing his opinions and that that snowballs because you have a lot of strong willed people in that, in that locker room. So I think, you know, the Jericho meeting was if, if Jericho can talk things out with punk and they can sort of have it out one-on-one, maybe there's mediator or not. Um, it's sort of a, not even a wrestlers only meeting, just two wrestlers who are in top powerful positions. Can we figure out some sort of truce? Can we air grievances? Can we express without it turning into a fight? what the issues are that, that led to the feelings about punk in that AW locker room. So, you know, and, and it might've gone well, but you know, punk showing up at the WWE locker, you know, showing up at WWE, whether fair or unfair was seen as God, the guy just, you know, won't stop making news in a way that's counterproductive to harmony. So you see, you say internally at AW, that was not a well-received move that punk went over and, and, and hung out at WWE last Monday. Not at not immediate like not immediately. Maybe that people have since found out an explanation for it, and they're like, "Oh, well, that's not as bad." But the initial reaction that I got on texts and DMs was, "Yeah, I won't use the exact wording in case they use that exact wording with other people they talk to. I don't want to out anyone." But um, the, it, people were exas- exasperated and, and shaking their head and palm facing, like this guy just can't help himself. Just lay low. There's a Saturday show. You're you're you've got nuclear heat on you. Um, we think it's earned. You need to take account of why there's heat on you and take some responsibility for it, even if it means compromising your steadfast principles um, in a way that you're not comfortable with in order to make this work. And then suddenly you're hobnobbing at WWE and it looks like you're playing playing public relations games. And the fact that Tony Khan might not have been given the heads up on it makes it worse. Um, you know, maybe so, Tony you, got so I haven't got to the bottom of that. Do you yeah. know if Tony heard heard about him going there or not yet? I, I heard that he reached out to somebody and asked what the heck was going on. Um, Tony did. did. Yeah, yeah. So, but that doesn't, I don't want to say, I don't want to say Tony would play these types of games, but it's possible it was very important for Tony and Tony to not have been okay with it for the reason doing it. Okay. If, if, let me explain yes. this. If, Please, if, Punk, if Punk said, yes. Hey, Tony, I want to go visit WWE's locker room. Tony's like, I can't know about this. Do what you want. But we didn't have this conversation and I didn't know ahead of time. But go ahead. It'll be good for PR. If, 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 and I have zero reason to believe that's the case, but I'm just trying to account for all reasonable options. It's possible Tony's like, Do it, but I want no part of it. That'd be contract tampering. So as soon as Punk did it, it's possible Tony started going to people, What the hell? What is going on here? In order to cover himself legally. Right. Fair um, enough. So I'm just saying that's possible. But my inclination, my belief, the belief of people I talked to is Tony did not know ahead of time. And some people are like, Is this going to be the time Tony realizes what we're dealing with with Punk? And will he stop being, you know, such a fan of his and blind to Punk's lack it of did kind of seem like this, you know. The 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 more the timeline comes together, it does kind of seem serendipitous where he runs into these guys on the plane and he gets go. He goes backstage and 
they weren't ready for him. He was there like 20 minutes. He goes, he gets ushered away. Right. Yeah. Um, it is, it, you know, I, I can't, you know, it is, it is interesting to hear about the, uh, the, the, the public relations aspect of this. Right. Because it's like, yeah, the people that want him to lay low and kind of like accept fault here. I don't know that punk is a hundred percent willing to do that. Like, I don't think on a personal yeah. level from his camp, I don't know that this is a guy who's fully still, I don't think this is a guy that believes now or will ever believe that he was fully in the wrong here to a point where he has to be the one to bend the knee as opposed to the other side of the camp. Right. And so on his end, I, you know, I understand wanting to project an image of I'm not the hate most hated guy in this entire industry right now, because over in AW, while there are a lot of people up top that I know are not thrilled with, with punk for a variety of reasons, every young person that ever worked at that company that had no prior history with punk, I have really not heard a single bad word. It seems to me like more of a more of the sins of the past coming back to haunt punk. Now he probably should have amended these fences before he came back to AEW, because I think that now we're kind of working backwards where he came in with all these open wounds and those people never felt like they wanted this guy there, you know? And I think that's probably the lesson punk is learning in this moment, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, there's, there comes a point again, it goes back to if everybody is a jerk that you meet, maybe you're the jerk, but you're, you're also not wrong that young people in the locker room look out to punk. Cause they are like, wow, this is a big star. And, and punk is, is very personable and nice to them. And he gives advice. Right. This is kind of, I mean, punk is very different than Cody, but the situation was similar where, you know, Cody would walk into a locker room with the veterans and talk. And then when he left the room, they made fun of him for all his platitudes and the suit and, and, and being, you know, saying basic things as if it was profound and people would roll their eyes at him. He'd go in a locker room with young wrestlers and give basically the same speech. And they'd be like, Whoa, look at that sage advice from this veteran who, who, you know, X, Y has accomplished this. And he was in WWE and he went to ROH and he's, he co-founded this company. It's like, they'd look up to him. So part of, part of the thing with punk is just the advice in the punk wants to be, get a certain level of respect. And he gets that from the younger guys. And then when he doesn't get it, yeah, it, it, blows it it doesn't work out very well and he has a different way of dealing with it with that aspect of it than cody in terms of um you know the the, the veterans kind of rolling their eyes at him and so i mean that's sort of natural but punk's personality is such where yes the he gets the type of of positive reinforcement and admiration and respect that he thinks he's he's earned from younger guys and the veterans are like you were you're gone for seven years and xyz about you in the past and Right. We're not going to yeah. give you that that slack. So, I, I really yeah. think if Punk had gone around and done his best to kind of mend fences where he could, or maybe he didn't need to. Maybe he thought but, you know what, you know, Nick, sorry. He, I talked to yeah. guys who, who said he did that at first. That's the thing is yeah. he walked in and he was super friendly. He's hugging That's people, shaking hands. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And in it, it so there, but people looked at what his, his actions then, and then how it, how he acted after that. And it was, yes, he made the effort at the beginning to do what you said, but then he was still same old Phil, you know, same old punk, however people want to phrase him after that. So, yeah, I, I, and again, I, I think my, my, you know, long distance amateur psychological evaluation or, or assessment of the situation is I think punk is, is befuddled by how people react to him and, and, and isn't, fair. therefore isn't sure how to fix it. And gets in this loop in the cycle then that we watch happening, which is him making things worse while trying to solve it because for whatever reason, 
talking it out doesn't seem to solve it like it does with a lot of other situations in wrestling locker rooms or NBA teams. Players punch each other, and the next thing you know, they're out there defending each other on the court two days later. That just hasn't worked out with Punk and his AW teammates. No, it has not. So let's let's jump over there now. Let's look at where we're at. So we are moving into a, it looks as if a Wednesday-Saturday situation. Punk will be sequestered on Saturdays, the Elite, over on Wednesdays for now. Um, mm-hmm. are, I, this is pretty bad. Like, I, I'm hearing it's really, I, I you know, Punk is doing his best to go out there and try to project this aura of mending fences, and I, I'm willing to do business, but... The uh, the elite it doesn't seem as open to that. How bad is it uh in between from how bad is it from the elite side towards Punk and and being unwilling to working with him that you're hearing, Wade? Yeah, I mean, I I don't I sense that they're the couple that goes to the therapist and within 20 minutes the therapist says my job is to try is typically to try to figure out common ground so that you guys can figure out how to continue your marriage. But 20 minutes into it, I think you guys need a divorce. Um, I think it's, I, I just, I think it's at that point. I don't know it's at that point. I mean, that's just my opinion, assessing the situation. I don't think the Bucks especially are particularly interested in, in mending the fence. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think so either. Have you, yeah, heard, have you heard anything about litigation, paperwork, preventing parties from being around each other, anything like that? There's a lot of alluding to punk talking to his lawyer more often than people want to hear about in AEW. Um, And I don't know on the, you know, Matt and Nick's and Kenny's side, if they, if it's, if it's an outside legal thing or just kind of something internally with AEW. Um, But, you know, I mean, when you get in a fight and you don't, the fight doesn't hash out difference. It doesn't, it doesn't lead to hashing out differences a short time later, but leads to no one talking to each other. And then you have Brandon Cutler's tweet, which, you know, it's it's a window into their attitude, which is, you know, Punk's gaslighting. I mean, there's people in AW who don't think Punk wants to wrestle another match. They think that he he's just, you know, he has to put up that front, but in he just he wants a settlement. He wants to get out of the situation because it's and, and I don't know that Punk's Punk's never hinted at that in a, publicly in a way that I think has credibility. But I I, I know from multiple people, um, and it surprised me when I heard it, there's people who think Punk doesn't sincerely want to wrestle for AW again. He just wants he just wants a buyout. Well, and that's, what, would... and that's what made visiting WWE so inflammatory with some of those people, which is not only don't I think he in good faith wants to wrestle for AEW again, but here he is flaunting the idea that he's trying to gain extra leverage with WWE at the same time with a plausible deniability of I'm just saying hi to friends and I happen to be in Chicago. So the conspiracy theories within AEW, and I don't mean conspiracy theories that are necessarily right or wrong, but they're they're there and people feel strongly about them when it comes to him. Yeah, and you know, but then there's the impact move where impact is very much in the umbrella with with AEW, right? I I it's, mean it's it's, it's, it's is that very when you trip on a crack in a sidewalk and you pretend you were gonna jog anyway? Like, did he go to impact to make it seem like ah it's not WWE, it's just I just want to say hi to a bunch of old friends. I'm on a tour, just happened to start with with WW, and now I'm gonna go to impact, and then after that, I'm gonna, you know, go visit, you know, whatever. I mean, like that's how people look at that. They look at you're 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 covering up, making it seem like it wasn't just WWE. I'm fascinated to see where this goes. I, I know I don't want to prognosticate too hard because this thing could go cattywampus any which way is Sunday. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, it's hard not to think about uh, pay-per-views, right? How does it work when you have to combine the collision yes. and dynamite rosters, right? You can only keep these people apart for so long. If, you know, this does come to a, you know, this does continue on at the grind we're at. 
you know, we're we're hearing these rumors now about Cody Ro- Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40 now. Mm-hmm. And it seems very odd to me that that could be in consideration because we just kind of saw it. It doesn't feel the same way. But if Cody had, like, backup, right? Like, if the Bucks and Kenny were genuinely, like you say, this is not – there's no common ground here. This is a divorce, right? Do these guys want to resign with a company that has a CM Punk around that Tony Khan really, really seems to want around? Do you do you see a a, a, a real a, a realistic possibility that the Bucks and Kenny do go their separate ways at the end of their contract because I, of all of this? I I don't I don't think it's determined yet. Um, but the multiple people have told me Kenny and the Bucks are staying, and it's not a story worth putting serious thought into that they're, they're, they're going to stick around and make it work. Tony, it, Tony's still tight with Kenny and the Bucks. I mean, they're, there's not the, the, the bucks are on the list of people who can go into Tony's office. Although normally Tony just goes and chooses a time every TV to visit them. Um, so they're not usually wandering, you know, bugging him, but because they just know Tony will show up when it works for them. But I mean, it's not like Tony Khan isn't on speaking terms with Matt Nick Jackson or Kenny. He is. Um, and they're still close. It's just, it's just awkward. You know I mean? It's just, it's, it's, you've got two best friends and those two friends don't talk to each other and hate each other, but they both understand that you're going to still have dinner or hang out with the other friend, just not at the same time. And I think that, I think it is manageable. I think for pay-per-views, it's a little overblown to think that they couldn't just punk goes in his trailer, his bus, whatever. Um, when it's his match, he goes to the ring and then he leaves. I mean, I think doing that once every three months isn't a big deal. I think doing it every week at TV would be more more of a more of a logistical hassle. I even think that's manageable. I don't think these people, if they see each other, are going to be like two dogs let off a leash who just charge and fight. Um, you know, I I mean, who who knows? <laughs> I mean, uh, we can't rule it out, but um, it, it would depend on what was said that's inflammatory by either party, and then I think the others would react. But you know, I mean, obviously, this is the test of Tony Khan's leadership. Can he just sit everybody down and go? I know you're gonna. I know you're gonna trigger those people, and I know those people are gonna trigger you. Can can we at least agree to some formal distancing? You guys can yell at each other on the phone and in text messages. Stop with the passive aggressive social media stuff. Um, don't go on a podcast and talk about it. And, and Tony can say, "Look, I'm the example of that. I I have I have not said CM Punk's name since even when he stripped him of the title. He didn't say his name. Like Tony, he doesn't." He, he doesn't talk about controversial issues. He sets a good example in that sense, which is you guys are EVPs. Punk, you're my top paid guy. Just let's shut up and let's make money together and let's do business and save the personal stuff for when I'm not paying you a, a, a truckload of money to make this to to give the fans what they want and, and make a lot of money. And I think that's where he's at now. He's got to show the leadership ability to to get them on that same page. But I don't think it's that Punk coexisting all the time in the AW locker room every week. I, I don't think that's tenable with, with, with the box and Keddy, but, but in terms of being on pay-per-view every three months, I think they can make it work. I guess that's my point. All right. Well, Hey, wait, I want to thank you for coming on and taking just a time to just have a free form conversation with me about this. I've been trying to bring on all the people that are actually providing smart context to the story right now to kind of give everybody a 3d view of this because man, they're going to be writing books about this period of time in pro mm-hmm. wrestling for decades i mean yes. and, and really we're kind of we're about three months away from it really kind of peaking because when the tv rights numbers come in we're really going to find out i think in the long run how much this whole situation either helped hurt 
everything involved mm-hmm. because it's gonna be a it's gonna be a banger summer for for pro wrestling news. That's for sure. Well, and that's why Punk's so important to AW. I mean, if you look at the numbers, and you can say it's other factors, but um, there's a there is a correlation when Punk's on TV and off TV with with Dynamite's ratings going up and down, and it's it's generally the the 35 to 49 year old male group. It's not the younger the 18 to 34 year olds don't seem to care that much whether Punk's around or not, but it's the 35 to 49 year old demo slice that that obviously they have memories of punk when they were in their teens and twenties and they want to see him. And when he's on the show, AW gets them. And when he's not, they don't have them. That's a, that is the biggest categorical drop-off year over year in ratings. And he makes a difference. And that is, that's huge for, for AW when their, their, their viewership is down. I just put up uh, on PWTorch.com, like a year to year ratings assessment of the first 17 weeks of the year compared to a year ago. And like demographically, not only is viewership down a lot, that's cord cutting people not having cable, but the percentage of people, watching aw is also down and that has nothing to do with cord cutting that's just a percentage of people who have cable who aren't watching aw who were a year ago and it's down a, it, not alarmingly but it's it's a significant number four five percent that networks are going to go what's going on here you bring punk back ratings surge that demo surges everybody's happy again so it is a big story and it and punk is i understand why Khan not just being a fan but also a businessman would want to try to make this work yeah it's, it's crazy the network's Understand the power of punk. I remember when AEW first signed Punk, uh, there were those at, at at Fox. I think they were upset that they they let him go. Like I think there was yeah. a real play that was going to be, or there there was. It sounded like there was a play being made on WWE's part to get Punk before he signed with AEW, and there were executives upset that they lost out in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, I don't, you know, and and I mean the 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 swipe that people in AEW take at at Punk and and I think relate to Tony is well, you can work things out with Punk, but he's just going to get injured within his first two matches anyway. So what's what's the point? Ayo. Yeah, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's that's the vitriol towards Punk and and track record wise, that isn't an entirely uh, out of outlandish um, swipe to take in the sense that that's already happened twice with him and he's in his mid forties and there's a lot of wear and tear from all his years on the indie scene and MMA, um, but you know, I mean, I'd, if I'm Tony Khan, I still try to make things work um, and and just tell Punk, you know, be careful. We need you. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, uh, Wade, like I said, thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, fascinating yeah, yeah, subject to watch. Uh, we will hopefully catch up here later down the road when things are even weirder and wilder or, <laughs> or more calm. I think yeah. more calm's likely, but but who, it's pro wrestling. I mean, mm-hmm. I hope it can't get any weirder and wilder. I definitely don't think so. <laughs> I think it's yes. Pretty... So what do you want to tell people to go? Where do you want to tell people to go find you, follow you, support you, all those wonderful things, Wade? Uh, search Wade Keller on your podcast app. We put up, we have two feeds, red and blue feed post shows and regular podcasts. And then we have some fun five and 10 years ago flashbacks. We just put up a, a long two and a half hour plus interview with blue meanie um, reacting to the ECW documentary barbed wire city. And it was, I'd listened back to it this weekend. It was one of the best, long form looks at the history of ECW. And um, so, yeah, there's lots of good stuff. So search Wade Keller, subscribe, it's free. And then our website's pwtorch.com um, for my live TV coverage every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and breaking news and stuff. So those would be the two main ways to uh, to hear more or re- read more of my stuff. 